have your Bibles with you, turn to Matthew 7. We've been in this series right now called A Life Under Construction. A Life Under Construction. And this has been the scripture that we have been pulling from for this particular sermon series about a life under construction. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. If you have it, I would love for you to read along with me. If you don't have it, we're going to have it on the screen for you so you can read along with us. Amen. Praise the Lord for technology, right? Amen. So verse 24, here we go. If you want to stand this morning just for the, the honor of the word, I'd appreciate that. And we're going to just move forward. Amen. Here we go. Verse 24. Therefore... Whosoever heareth sayings of mine, now this is Jesus talking, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon that house, and it fell, what's the word? Not. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell. And great, and great was the fall of it. Let's pray together. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we just believe and declare that the Holy Spirit's going to do a work that Joe Ayers can't do. And we ask right now, God, that you just plow open the fields of our hearts. You place the seed of the word in our hearts right now, God. And that you mold us and shape us into the men and the women of God that you have called us to be. And we ask this in the only name that can do it, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. We're in week three of a sermon series that we're calling A Life Under Construction. And what is the, the main gist of this particular sermon series is, is we are all, whether you realize it or not, building a life that God is going to come and dwell inside of. It's, it's, it's just common for us to know that we are building it, whether we realize it or not, it needs to be known that we are actually building something. I made the statement last week that salvation is Jesus' job. I want you to know that. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. Salvation was a solid gift from the Lord. Amen. And, and when we believe on Him and we have faith in Him, the Bible says that we are saved. Romans 10.9 says that all we have to do is believe in our hearts, confess with our mouths, and we shall be saved. Now, that's up to Jesus. If we want a life that God can come and dwell inside of, who's that up to? Come on, somebody. So we are constantly under construction. We're constantly growing and we're constantly trying to build a life that the presence of God himself can come and dwell within. The first week we talked about the foundation of this building that we're building upon. And everybody knows that it's the chief cornerstone who is Jesus Christ. And when we lay that cornerstone, everything that comes after it looks like it, sounds like it, flows like it. It determines the direction that the building is built in. Amen. That's what a cornerstone does. And we have put that foundation as the chief thing that we're building this life on. Because how many people know that if we build it on anything other than Jesus, it's going to fall? You, come on, somebody. I've built my life before 
on jobs and jobs have failed me. I've built my life before on people and people have failed me. And I've built my life on things that were temporal and temporal things have failed me. But the one thing that has yet to fail me and never will fail me is Jesus. Come on, somebody. And so that foundation is sure and that foundation is true. And then last week we talked about how I have seen it, but we call it A-frame houses, but it's very rare to see a house that has a foundation and then a roof just sitting right on top of the foundation. Right? There's walls that make this house stand. There's walls that when we build them up, it allows dwelling with inside of it, right? And the first wall that we talked about was prayer. If we're going to build a life for God to dwell inside of, we have to have a life of prayer. Come on, somebody. If we're going to build a life that God dwells inside of, we have to have a wall of praise. If we build a life that God is going to dwell inside of, we have to have a wall of word. And then the last one was, is if we build a life that God can come and dwell inside of, we have to have a wall of godly community. That one didn't get a lot of shouts last week. And the reason why is because people fail us. But how many people know that you have to have a Nathaniel in your life like David had that will come and look at you and say, hey, you're the man. You're the man. I heard a preacher say it this week. He said every woman needs to have a girlfriend that they can go to and, and then be honest with them and say, girl, that dress don't look good on you. Or a full-length mirror, right? And what that looks like for our lives is this. We need to have someone in our lives that's going to look at us and say, that ain't good. Get rid of it. That ain't right. Don't do it. That ain't what you need for yourself right now. Change it. And godly community, if we have it, will be a thing that will allow God to come and dwell in our lives. So it's prayer, it's praise, it's word, and it's community. Come on, somebody. And all four of those things we learned last week, if they're, if they're right, they'll all point back to who? Jesus. So the foundation is Jesus, four walls that, that will arise, and they all point back to Jesus. And today I'm super pumped because this one right here is where life change begins to really happen, all right? Whenever we understand that, uh, well, we read the scripture, but today we're talking about piping and power. Piping and power. In the early 1900s, in wealthier homes, uh, you could begin to find houses that were equipped with two things that poorer homes were not equipped with. What was it? Power and piping. Come on, somebody. Plumbing. Indoor plumbing was, it was just unheard of. Even now, I remember as a kid, some of the younger ones in here probably haven't ever experienced this, but I remember as a kid going to churches that had outhouses. And that's not been that long ago. You know, and so I would use these outhouses and it'd be strange to me. I'm like, where's the sink? Where's the water? Where's the lights? What's going on in this room right now? Why does it smell bad? You know what I'm saying? I didn't understand. I didn't understand. But now it's become the normal for us to walk into buildings and there's running water, there's piping, and there's power in the walls, there's electricity. Come on, somebody. And it's almost to a point now where that has to be code. For people to be able to live inside of it. Now you'll have squatters who will go and live in houses where none of that stuff exists. But in order to own a home and live in a home, it's almost become code for that to happen. And so I want to kind of just break this down a little bit for us this morning because I want to grow. How many people want to grow this morning? Amen. I want to grow. 
What is piping? Piping is conduits. It's, it's a, a long cylinder shape that allows something to flow through it. That's vital. Hear that. It allows something to flow through it, whether it's water, whether it's gas, whether it's air. It's a conduit of some sort that allows something to flow through it. What is power? It is a source or a means of supplying energy, such as electricity. And here's what I want you to hear this morning. Each wall in your house, your physical house that you live in, every wall in your house has the ability to host both water or piping and power. And that's natural. Every wall in this room right now has the ability to host piping and power. Don't believe me, you should have been here when we was doing some of the work. You know, I found some piping and I found some power. We took the, we took the paneling off this back wall back here and there was a huge hole back there with a, a piece of pipe sticking out of it that was ready to be accessed with water. And I was like, this is insane. You know, and, but I found out really quick that every wall in here has the ability to host piping and power. And each of us today, trusting, right? Every one of us today, we woke up this morning and we trusted that our house had piping and power. What do you mean? We took showers and we never second guessed that the water was going to come on. Right? We flushed toilets and we never worried about whether it was going to fill back up. We flipped switches and lights came on. We turned on our coffee machines and we filled our souls. Amen. But the truth is, is that all of us this morning trusted that our houses existed with piping and with power. None of us that I'm aware of woke up this morning and we didn't have lights and we didn't have running water. It's, this is normal for our lives. It's normal for our lives. In fact, it's so normal for our lives, it would be strange if we didn't have it. It's funny that we, we go to places like Cade's Cove and we walk in these rooms and these cabins and stuff and we're like, this is so weird. But it was normal for someone at a time, right? It's so normal for us now. The point to be made here is this, and I want you to hear this this morning before we get ready to dive real deep into this. I'm so excited. Just like our normal houses, our lives should look the same way. What do you mean, Pastor Joe? Well, I stated in week one that we're building houses that God wants to come and dwell inside of, or lives that God wants to come and dwell inside of. Each of the four walls that we discussed last week, prayer, praise, word, community, all of those have the ability to host piping and power. That sounds cool, Pastor Joe, but what does it mean? Here's what it means. Number one is the source it has been provided. Just like a natural house has to be outsourced with power and with water, God provided us the water of His Spirit and the power of His Spirit. I want you to hear that. There's not a single person in this room that God hasn't provided the water of His Spirit and the power of His Spirit. It's available to all in this room. Come on. Both of these should be present in our lives. 
Both of them. But it will not be evidence in our lives just by chance. I made this statement earlier in the sermon series, and I think it's funny, but it's true. If I took nails and a hammer and two-by-fours and I walked outside and I threw them all up in the air, nothing is going to be built when it lands. Right? Everything that is built is built on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. On purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. So what I'm talking about today isn't just going to happen. It's something that's going to have to be strategically done. It's something that's going to have to be intentionally done. Listen to me this morning. What is the water in our lives? It's the Holy Spirit's work of cleansing and sanctifying. Cleansing and sanctifying. Ezekiel 36 uh, verse 25 through 27 says this. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all of your uncleanliness and from all of your idols I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and I will give you a new spirit and I will put it where? Within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See, water is seen in the Bible as a symbol of the Spirit of God coming into a person's life and cleansing our hearts from its sinful nature. God wants us to have the Holy Spirit come into our hearts and cleanse us of our sinful nature. Pastor Joe, I thought that's what happened whenever I got saved. No, He saved you from your sinful nature. But He still wants to cleanse you from your sinful nature. Let me ask you this question. When you, when you got saved, did you just quit desiring to sin? If you did, I wish I was as cool as you are. Because the truth is, there are still things in my life, and there are still moments in my life where sin will raise up in my life, and I choose to sin. Pastor Joe, I can't believe you would admit that. I can't believe you wouldn't admit it. Because the truth is, is that all of us in this room are bound to fail at some point unless we're led by what? The Spirit of God. Unless we're led by the Spirit of God. And water, like I said, it symbolizes that, that the Holy Spirit wants to come into a person's life cleansing that heart from a sinful nature. The source of the Holy Spirit comes from the Father. It comes from God. It is literally God in spirit form. Come on, somebody. This next one is very, it's, catch this note. When we, when we build a life that God can dwell within, we, we allow His Spirit to remove the things that He doesn't want to live with. When we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, we allow Him to remove the things that He doesn't want to live with. And do you know what He's going to remove? The things that are not like Him. I know, I know. We're shouting real good, right? But the truth is, is that every single one of us, I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to live godly. 
I want to live closer to God. I want to be nearer to God. And the truth is, is that every single one of us, you may be in the best place with God that you have ever been in your entire life. But let me encourage to tell you there's a step closer. You can get closer. And you may not like where you are with God this morning, but let me encourage you, you can get closer. You can move closer. The Holy Spirit flowing through our lives is there to help us live like Christ. It helps us to live like Christ. There's a couple of memes I thought about whenever I was doing this sermon prep, and I put them on the screen. We're going to put one of them on the screen for you real quick. And they, they both cracked me up. But here's the thing. If your Holy Ghost just makes you run and dance but doesn't help you live holy, then it's not the Holy Ghost. I had a guy say that one time, and he said, it's not the Holy Ghost, it's ADHD. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Hear what I'm getting ready to say, and I want you to hear the heart of your pastor this morning. I would love for nothing else. I would love, oh yeah, the, the Holy Ghost will make you delete a paragraph and just respond, okay. That's me, right? Anybody else honest in the room? Amen. Praise the Lord. But here's the thing, as your pastor this morning, I want you to hear my heart. I would love for nothing more than us to come in here one Sunday morning and the power of God rest in this room and we shout and we praise and we repent and we dance and we do all of these things under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I would love for that to happen. But hear me when I make this statement. That's not what all the Holy Ghost is about. He's there to make us live holy. He's there to push us to another level of glory. Amen? Come on, somebody. And the truth is this morning is that I want us to know that God doesn't want to just encounter you here. He wants to encounter you every day, every moment, every second. And what does that do? That helps us live like Him. Do you know when I struggle the most with living like God? is when I'm behind the steering wheel of a vehicle. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I drive my pest control car in Knoxville, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm representing a company, and I'm representing Jesus, and I'm representing, you know, and people are cutting you off and flipping you the bird, and you just want to be all holy, but there's sometimes I want to respond with the same thing. You know, come on, somebody. <laughs> Some of y'all are looking at me like, I would never do that. Well, you're holier than me. But here's the thing. The Spirit of God wants to come and dwell inside of us. He wants to flow through us. He wants to live inside of us. And the water of the Holy Spirit, if we allow that to pipe through our lives, notice I said through. If we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives like a pipe, right? Then everything that doesn't or shouldn't be in our lives will be removed. It's that simple. It's that simple. So that's the water that we're talking about for the piping that we're talking about. But what is the power? What is the power? I love this. Acts 1 and 8 says this. But you will receive, this is Jesus talking. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now I want you to hear this. This, is, this power is not just any power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The word literally in the translation it, from the Greek, it's dunamis. Boom! Exactly. 
Dunamis, it's where we get our word dynamite from. It's an, it's an explosive power. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life that I need some explosive power. Why? Because I can't do it myself. I can't do it myself. The power is present in our lives. And I posted this on Facebook last night. If you saw this, this was a direct quote from my sermon notes. The power is present in our lives to help us know that what we can't do on our own, He can do. Some of us don't have the power to forgive. Some of us don't have the power to turn away from. Some of us don't have the power to let go of. Some of us don't have the power to break. There's addictions in our lives that we can't break on our own. There's strongholds in our lives that we can't break on our own. Because truth be told, if, if we were able to, we'd have already done it. Am I preaching good this morning? Because there's things in my life, and I made this statement more than once from this pulpit, but there's been plenty of things that I've cried out to God, God, please forgive me for this. And then when I felt like He forgave me, I'd say, kill me. Because I can't live it. I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. Paul made this reference that he had a thorn that was in his flesh. And it was something that constantly reminded him of his need for God. There's always going to be things in your lives that's there to remind you that you have a need for God. God is never going to give you a life where you're not dependent on Him. And when we pray, sometimes we're like, God, remove it. Get it out of my life. Let, get it, I want it gone. Get it out. And God says, if I remove it, you won't have a need for me. But I'll give you the power to make it through it. I'll give you the power to make it through it. That's good preaching. I don't care if it's coming for me or not. That's great preaching. The water of the Holy Spirit wants to flow through us and purge our sins and our iniquities. And how can we get rid of those sins and the desire to sin? We get, it, we get rid of it from the power of the Holy Spirit that goes through it. But here's what I want you to hear. What hinders Him from doing both of those things in our life? What hinders God from allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives and get rid of our crud and give us the power to break those things off of our lives that we would have trouble breaking off of our own? What shuts them off? And it's two simple things. Cut off valves and breakers. Each and every natural house is equipped with two things. Cut off valves and what? Breakers. Got a whole box of them somewhere in your house. The house, listen to this, the house does not produce the water by itself. The house does not produce the, the power by itself. Those are both outsourced things that are brought into the house. That are both supplied to the house. Right? And there's valves or connection points that allows it to keep from flowing from outside. Where? Inside. Inside. Once they're sourced to the house 
and to those particular things, those devices determine whether or not the water is going to flow through the house or whether or not the power is going to flow through the house. And each natural house is supplied with water cutoff valves and a breaker box that controls the power. And it works the same way in our spiritual lives. No, it don't, Pastor Joe. Yes, it does. It does. We're trying to build a life that God can come and dwell inside of. And as we are homeowners, right, we often try to control the works that the Spirit does in our lives. I'm going to say it again. As the homeowners of what we're building for God to come and dwell inside of, we often want to control exactly what God wants to do with inside of the house. And we want to limit his ability to do what he wants to do. Let me ask you this. Have you ever visited a house or a hotel? And then when you went in to get water and you turned on the sink or the faucet or whatever it was, nothing happened? Y'all ever been there before? Or maybe you went to turn the light on in a room and you flipped the switch. And then you're like, oh, surely that was a mistake. So what do you do? Always, always. You flip it again. <laughs> we flip it again, and we flip it again. Let me tell you all this real quick. As a pest tech, there's times that I go into apartments, and I walked into an apartment the other day, and immediately when I walked into the apartment, I realized that there was a foul odor in this apartment. I said, there's something not right in this apartment. As I looked, and that was what caught my attention first. When I walked through this apartment, I realized there wasn't a lot of stuff in this apartment. So what happened is this apartment had been abandoned. And when they abandoned the apartment, they turned off the power to the apartment. And when they turned off the power to the apartment, everything that was inside of the fridge turned bad. Nasty. I'm talking, it was, it was just nasty smelling. You could tell that there was meats that was moldy and this, it was just gross. I'm trying to paint this picture so you can smell what I'm talking about. But the truth is, is that what happened was, is the power was not allowed inside and everything that was meant to be good turned bad. The one thing that was there to keep it good, to keep everything inside good, it was gone and it turned what? Bad. What good is water? And what good is power if you're not going to let them flow inside of the house? What good is the Holy Spirit to you if you're not going to allow Him to flow through you and into your house? What good is it? What good is a Lamborghini if I don't give you the keys? What good is a barrel of money if you don't ever pop the top and spend the dollars? What good is it? It's not any good at all. We often waste one of the greatest gifts in our lives that God has gave us because we are unwilling to do the maintenance and the work to keep everything flowing properly through our lives. Pastor Joe, God hasn't removed something from my life and I don't understand why. Y'all ever been there before? Can't we be real? Can we just be real honest? There's been times I've prayed for stuff. God, please just do this. If you'll do this, I'll serve you better. What kind of malarkey is that, right? <laughs> Who am I to think that I could come in here and, and make deals with the Lord? Huh, 
You know what I'm saying? Have y'all ever done that before? God, I promise I'll do better if you just do this. What? It don't work that way. <laughs> and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why there are things in our lives that have not gotten taken care of. Is if we're going to build a life that God is going to dwell inside of, the Spirit needs access to every room. If we are going to build a life that the Holy Spirit can come and rest inside of, He needs access to every single room. I heard a statement earlier this week that it's amazing because it's so true. God didn't come to die on the cross for the person you act like you are. God came to die on the cross for the person you really are. And when He done that work, He done the whole work. Even the things, the cobwebs in the corners, the rooms that we don't let the visitors into. You know what I'm saying? There's rooms in our house. All right, honey, there's people coming over. They don't open this door, okay? Y'all ever been there? It don't work that way with God. If we're going to allow God access to our lives and we want him to dwell inside of our lives and we want him to be everything in our lives he has to have access to every single room you don't have a room that's inhabitable in your house that doesn't have piping or power in your natural house pastor joe there's not water to every room in my house no but there's air what does that come through? <laughs> Piping. What's the wind of the Spirit of God? Air. What's it come through? Piping. See, don't try to twist this on me. I've been thinking about this one for a long time. The truth is, the truth is, is that every single one of us, I want God to do something amazing in my life. But I can't expect Him to do something amazing if I'm only going to give myself partially to Him. And, and it's, again, <laughs> I want him to flow. I want his spirit in my life, and I want to grow, and I want to be a great Christian. I want to be a great believer. I want to be a great pastor. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great employee. I want to be great in everything I do. And if that's the case, I have to allow greatness to flow through me. Because I'm not great within myself. Come on, somebody. But greatness can and wants to flow through me. There's things in my life he wants to get rid of. There's things in my life he wants to empower me for. Whenever Jesus was talking to his disciples in verse number 8, he made this statement. He said, you will receive power and you will be my what? Witnesses. He, he literally told them, you're going to receive power to be my witness. And he wants to empower me to be a witness. Do you know why many of us aren't witnesses for God is because we haven't let him empower us to be the reason why is because we carry around the guilt and the shame and the weight and the condemnation of everything we are I can't tell those people about Jesus because I don't even live the way I should I can't, I can't tell them people that God is good when I don't act like God is good 
I can't tell those people that, that God redeems when I'm not redeemed. I can't tell him that he breaks addictions when I'm addicted. I can't tell him that he restores marriages when mine's falling apart. I can't tell them these things because it's not happening for me. And the reason why it's not happening for me is because I'm not allowing him full access to my life. Every room. Every room. Every room. The dark rooms. The empty rooms. The dirty rooms. Every room. Again, when something is being built, it's built on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. Things don't just happen in the natural. I love this one. I can't throw snow, sticks, and coal up in the air and get a snowman. It's crafted. It's intentional. It's shaped, it's molded, and the same thing goes with our lives. If I want God to come and rest in my life, He's with me. Now here, listen, I want to tell you this. When you give your life to the Lord, you're saved. He's present. He's there. But if you want to go further, you have to purposely, intentionally build a life that He can rest inside of. I'm not saying that that if you mess up, you're not saved. I'm not saying that if you fail, you're not going. You know what I'm saying? I, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there's levels that we can get to. That I want the Spirit of God to, to, to dwell in my life. And if I want Him to dwell in my life, then I have to intentionally pray. I have to intentionally praise. I have to intentionally get in the Word. I have to intentionally surround myself with God, the community. Then He will come and He will dwell in my life. And when He begins to dwell, He wants to not only just rest, He wants to flow. Amen? Amen? And I love this. The potential, hear this, the potential is already there. The potential for God to do this is already there. The amazing thing about God is that He wants to rid us of our sins and He wants to give us the power to do so. The water, again, has already been, and the power has already been outsourced. It's already been brought into the house. The thing is, is will you turn on the switches and the valves? God's waiting. God's waiting. God's waiting to just fill your house with the Spirit of God. God is waiting to fill your life with dunamis. God is waiting to fill your life with the water of the Spirit of the Lord. The question is, are you going to turn on the valve and let Him flow? Are you going to flip the switch? Are you going to flip the breaker and let Him flow? Come on, somebody. Does He have access? Not just the parts. Does he have access to the whole thing? To the whole part? <laughs> I love this analogy, and then I'm going to close on this analogy. You offer fullness to people you love. And what that looks like is... My in-laws love me. I know they do. They'd have to. Okay? <laughs> but they love me. And because they love me, 
there are things that I don't have to ask permission for when I walk into their house. I can just have access to it. When I'm there, I don't have to say, hey, can I have this out of the refrigerator? I go get it. If I'm thirsty, I go get it. If I'm hungry, I go get it. If for some reason, and this has happened, if for some reason I rip my pants, there's shorts there for me. If for some reason I need whatever that they have, I have access to. Why? Because they love me. They're good parents. There's not a thing in my house that my boys don't have access to if they want it. If they want something out of the fridge, they go get it. If they're hungry, they go get it. If they want my time, they have it. Let me tell you about this. Last night I'm sitting there studying for the word, and I look into my room, and Rafa's laying there with a bottle in his hand like this, watching the TV on the bed, and he goes. And I was like, what did he just, and I stopped what I was doing, and I looked up from my laptop, and he goes. So I, you know what I do? I stopped what I was doing. And I went in there and I laid down with my son. Why? Because he wanted time with me. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is what you love, you will give access to. And if we love God, the, the way we say we love God, he has access. Problem is, is a lot of times that this is just something we mark off our box on Sundays and we mark on our, uh, our, our questionnaires, white, not, you know, white Caucasian, Christian, Native American, whatever it is. We mark it on our paperwork, but it's not here. Why? Because he doesn't have access. And it blows my mind that we want complete access to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Woo, that's good. That's deep. I didn't even realize that. That wasn't even in my notes. That one was free. The thing is, is we want complete access to God. But we shut him down really quick whenever it comes to the deep and dark places of our lives. And I want to encourage you this morning. We're building a life that God is coming to dwell inside of. And we're either going to give him full access or we're not. And I challenge you this morning, will you give him access? Will you give him access? If you would just bow our heads and close our eyes for a second. Aaron, if you'd come back to the guitar for me.